As Russia continues to unleash military force on Ukraine tonight, Canada and allies tried to inflict economic pain on Russia today. New sanctions targeting top banks and businesses. There was even a phone call. French President Emmanuel Macron spoke to Vladimir Putin wanting to intensify a search for a diplomatic solution that seems, tonight at least, uh, elusive at best. Joining me now is Ellis Velas, a lecturer in international relations at Simon Fraser University, who studied Russian influence operations in Europe. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys, I, I, sorry if I mispronounced your name. It's okay, uh, Ben. I'm glad to be on your show. I wish it was under better circumstances. Now, you've studied this. What are we seeing happen in Ukraine this evening? Well, we have seen this with Russia going back to 1988 and its assistance of Armenia trying to take over parts of uh, Azerbaijan, Nagorno-Karabakh. We have seen the Russians use the same playbook in Moldova in 1992, in Georgia as well in 1992, and in 2008, and then most recently in Ukraine, in Crimea 2014, and unfortunately now uh, as well. So uh, Russia has used the same playbook uh, since the 19th uh, century, and now we see a more updated playbook to make better use of the existing technologies. So what is that playbook? Well, the playbook is always to create, to operate in the fog of war, uh, so to speak. It is to split or fragment alliances. It is to make use of the people that you have on the ground, so that when you invade, it is not necessarily an invasion, but a liberation, to put it in quotes. Clearly, we're seeing something far more kinetic than that. I mean, I remember what happened in 2014 in the east of Ukraine, which very much fits that definition, Crimea as well. It strikes me that we're seeing something a lot more uh, forceful tonight, which is, you know, the bombing of, uh, or at least attacks on on infrastructure and and on Kiev itself. Uh, Very much so. But uh, today's action was probably a culmination of actions that... uh, Russia has been undertaking against Ukraine going back uh, months, if not years. Cyber attacks, disinformation and propaganda, warfare, uh, trying to uh, fragment the European allies so that they do not have a common stance with regards to aiding Ukraine. Uh, So this is a part of that repertoire that Russia has used with the kinetic force being the pinnacle of its various forms of power that uh, it has available. Watching what you've watched now, do you think it stops? Is there a way to force Russia to take a step back now, or are they fully committed? Uh, it, uh, it certainly seems that they are fully committed. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that they are not uh, paying a big enough price. Uh, they have been able to make substantive gains on the ground. Now, I am sure there will come a point to when Russia will sit at the table, but it will sit at the table as the victor and will be able to set the terms of whatever peace may come uh, about. And we have seen this in the past as well. They do negotiate from a position of power. And right now they seem to hold all the cards. I've been seeing lots of speculation that the Russian army is weak, that they are, you know, it's not, they're not, they're not as, as motivated as they used to be. We did see some, we saw protests across Russia today. Is there any chance here, having, having, you know, studied Russian influence operations in Europe, or is there any chance here that you see that this backfires on Vladimir Putin? 
I don't think it's about Russian weaknesses or Russian strengths. I think uh, we should look at the other side of the equation and see the strengths or weaknesses of the West with regards to how it handles uh, Ukraine. Clearly, the West has been unable to deter or contain Russian expansionism in Ukraine and in the former Soviet republics. Uh, so I am not so sure about Russia operating out of weakness. I think right now they do have the strength militarily versus Ukraine. Clearly, they are the bigger, the wealthier of the two uh, nations and the one with far larger global influence than Ukraine. Do you think Russia pushes any further than Ukraine? Is, is there any threat here that Russia starts to look at other countries um, in that same area and start to and starts to move in? Very much so. Uh, we in the West have been looking at Russian actions and trying to explain every single action that Russia has taken as an individual act. I think we need to step back and look at the bigger picture. We do not want to miss the forest for the trees. Going back to the 1990s with Boris Yeltsin and his actions in Moldova and Georgia, and now with Putin in Georgia in 2008, so more, and then uh, in Ukraine, the playbook is that they want to reestablish some form of a Russian empire, at least borderline, not necessarily bringing the Tsar uh, back. And what we see that is different now from those in the past is that Russia seems to go after areas that are populated by Russian speakers, ethnic Russians, or those people that are friendly to Russian interests. So they do not have to pay a heavy price with regards to managing or governing those areas which they occupy. We have not seen any resistance to Russian occupation in Georgia, in uh, South Ossetia, as well as in Abkhazia. We have not seen any resistance to Russian forces being in Crimea, in those rebel-occupied Donetsk and Luhansk regions in Transnistria, which is a part of Moldova. So I would be very surprised if the Russians do not go after Kazakhstan at some point, or at least northern Kazakhstan. And if I'm they really of, want to... I'm running out of time, Ellis. I apologize. Uh, I will finish that thought with you. Thank you. No, that's, that's me. Thank you so much for your insight on this. I appreciate it. I hope to speak again soon. Uh, my pleasure.